Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's a day of happy returns. The Bengals return to action, and we finally saw Joe Burrow return to throwing the ball. Jeff Hobson returns to our show. John returned to his family. And Hoji returns to the East Coast for another wedding circuit. Daddy didn't return from anything because we can't get anyone to welcome him anywhere. Instead, he's been sitting at home, surreptitiously shredding documents and using his new app, FBI Tracker. Looking for no return on your time investment? Then come join us on the number one Bengals podcast. Yeah, what an intro. Thank you, Bridget. So good to have you back on the show because you're the only co-host who actually showed loyalty and actually showed up today. We're missing a lot of co-hosts. I don't even know how many. But yeah, I know you had an adventurous day today. I did. Did you see? Look at this jewelry I got. Let me see. Can I get this in frame? That is amazing. Isn't that nice? Look at that. I feel like the players should get that, but... I think they got one that's a little bit nicer than this. This is great. I think theirs might be a little bit blingier. And see, this is one of the perks of working for the number one Bengals podcast that a lot of people don't know about. And when I, you know, we had the application for interns, people don't apply. They don't know that you are basically, you can be AFC champions. You can be Super Bowl champions. But yeah. Do you want to? It looks like I am. Did you want to share those pictures with us? Ooh, yeah, Courtney, do you want to put these, put these up? I had a very fun day, or fun morning, at Pecor Stadium. Yeah. That's me with a crispy, crispy white helmet. I'm really excited for the white stripes. Um, I think there's a new homage white t-shirt out that I'm going to have to get. So that's me in the white helmet. And look at that Lamar Hunt trophy. And shout out to... Uh, my season ticket rep, Brian Poston, you can see his reflection uh, in the trophy case. He took that photo. So thanks, Brian. You you nailed it. Yeah, that is very heartwarming. And also what is heartwarming is the fact that you can watch the show on a lot of different platforms. One of them is Brinks.TV. And Brinks.TV has this show. It has the Ray Lewis show. It has the NFL Moms show. And it has my favorite show, Conspiracy Now. And I know Courtney wants me to talk about their latest episode, which is actually about fluoride in the water. And it's not just that it diminishes your IQ or that it turns you into basically a very uh, corrupt human being or anything like that. But what's interesting is they say the fluoride in the water is a conspiracy by the beef industry so that people have a stronger teeth so that they can sell rougher steaks. So it's a very interesting conspiracy that fluoride is actually for your teeth, but not for the reasons we think. So that is fascinating. And also, we want you to tell your friends about us. That sounds ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. Also, if you go eat at a Jeff Ruby steakhouse, you don't need those, like, tough teeth. Those steaks are, like, smooth. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yes, but then he can only sell certain parts of the cow and certain cows. Now you can sell the older cows, the rougher cows, the, Mm -hmm. yeah. Off so brand. Keep going. It makes sense to me. I don't know. Courtney, 
Courtney can maybe chime in on the details. I only listened to the first four hours of it. It's a very long podcast. But we also want you to tell your friends about us, DNH Sports, the number one bo uh, Bengals podcast on Believe, because uh, apparently marketing is very expensive these days, Bridget. So we want you to do the marketing for us. All right. I want to cut right to the chase because we have my favorite guest of all time, my favorite writer of all time, the man who, maybe I shouldn't ruin his reputation by saying this, but inspired me to become a, a sports writer. I cannot obviously claim to have achieved his very, very uh, craftsmanship, you know, very talented kind of uh, ability as a writer, but I do, I do always appreciate his articles, even now on Bengals.com, it is the highest quality content that you will see about the team. And uh, it is going to be very interesting to talk to him now, a year after his last appearance, considering that the Bengals had their, probably their most, you know, inspirational run, the, the greatest kind of performance that we've seen since this man was covering the team. I'm talking about none other than Mr. Jeff Hobson. Jeff, welcome to the show again. Thank you for your very kind words, and uh, I'm sure uh, you've had more views than me. So, uh, but I thank you for uh, having me on. No, that I don't. I don't. If think he has, is, it's for the wrong reasons. It's, it's the bots because Bridget has a lot of uh, Chinese bots that follow her. But it's, is it it's, Chinese bots or Russian bots? Uh, mine are Russian bots. Hers are Chinese okay. bots. Oh, all right. Well. But I will say this, uh, Mr. Hobson, I, I'm not sure what to call Last time we called you senior writer, and yes. you seem to not appreciate it, so we put supreme writer this time. <laughs> okay. Hope, okay. It would be, be even more senior writer now since the last time we talked, <laughs> I guess, right? It's, well, hard to believe. It's, it's hard to believe it was a year ago. I don't want to correct the great Jeff Hobson, but I don't think that is what the senior is referring to, my, my good friend. It is not about your age. You, are, yes. you have been... It is about your, your uh, authority and your dominance over other writers. That's why we call it the supreme writer now. But well, thank you very much. I, it's a, that's a, got a little bit of a, uh, it's got a little bit of an, uh, a kind of an, uh, uh, what am I going to say, uh, kind of an authoritarian bent there. Yes, supreme I love writer. it. I, uh... Yes, <laughs> that's exactly, yeah. But you know, so we had Mr. Ben Baby on the show. Yes. And, and he, his life has turned upside down as the uh, ESPN beat writer of the Bengals since the team skyrocketed. And so did Emily Parker. I don't know if you heard, but she turned on the press secretary job, the White House, which I would have too. I don't think you should accept every invitation to the White House. You know, you should. I, I think that would have been a demotion. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, I was reading about your, your kind of career trajectory. And it seems like not only have you won the Pete Rosell Award and Peabody, but that you were asked to write the next Star Wars spin-off, which is about Darth Maul, whereas I think it should have been about the uh, Vato character. I think that man knew how to make good deals. But yeah, so how, so how has your life changed during this? Uh, this yeah. It's been crazy. I mean, it's, uh, it's changed, but it hasn't. You know what I mean? It's, uh, um, you know, it's, all, it's always been football, but... Um, you know, there's uh, there's more people in the locker room. There, you know, there's more there's more uh, reporters around. Uh, there's more cameras around. So it's great. There's just there's just a great buzz. Uh, it's um, 
you know, it was really, um, really interesting walking into the uh, scouting combine. And, uh, you know, it's like two weeks after the game. And, uh, you know, I'm still writing about the last drive. And I, and I, you know, have no idea who these young players are, who these prospects are. So it was kind of a, there's been, there's really been no stomp, you know, there's been no, uh, uh, not even, you know, we had a month break, but it didn't seem like, uh, you know, between uh, uh, the uh, between uh, the last OTA and the first training camp practice, there was a month break. But it just like every, like everything else, it just seemed kind of jammed in, you know. So it's um, uh, it was, you know, just a just a great wild ride. I can only imagine what would have happened if there had been a parade, and yeah. they won, and we and we won the whole thing. Maybe yeah. I I guess we'll find out. This year, right? I agree. I mean, I do think that the Rams, you know, victory, so-called victory, was fake news. I don't, I don't, I haven't really accepted it yet. It was a right, fake parade, that's for sure. Fake parade, for sure. Yes. But Los Angeles is. I mean, even I mean, anything with Los Angeles is. It's all pretend, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. I was there for a very long time, and uh, I will tell you. It was interesting. They had to pay. What was it? They had to pay Lakers fans and all the different, all the different championships they won during the pandemic. They had to pay those fans to come and pretend to cheer for the Rams. It was, it was amazing. But it's funny when we think about it, Mr. Hobson. Last time you were on the show, we were reminiscing about the great players of the mid and late '90s and and the beginning of your kind of career at Bengals.com. And now we have so much to talk about because so many great memories, so many great player performances in this past year and none other not bigger than mr joe burrow and you've gotten to see this man up close and you can confirm that he is a, a real human being i mean he is not a metaphysical kind of because a lot of people they talk about his charisma they talk about his right. power they talk yep. about as if yeah and and actually emily talked about how they tried to maintain that mystique they tried to keep him away from porter so he can keep that aura of invincibility and supernatural ability what what is it like being around him because you uh, by the way in, in his, his article i just want to say mr jeff hobson he referred to him as wonder boy and i looked yeah. it up i looked it up wonder boy was the uh, it was in 1940 he was born in 1940 he was an alien with the strength of 10,000 men yeah he gave bombastic speeches yeah. he had a girlfriend named sally benson now i thought most of that seemed true but Joe Burrow has the strength of much more than 10,000 men. I mean, there was like 70,000 Chiefs fans that he basically, uh, you know, he overpowered on his own. So, that, so I, 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 I get the analogy, but I feel like Joe Burrow, it's kind of hard to come up with analogies for him. Well, uh, Roy Hobbs. I mean, I always thought he was Roy Hobbs before yesterday, but now I know he's definitely Roy Hobbs because when he came back to practice, there was thunder and lightning and, uh, so if you've ever seen the movie The Natural or read the book The Natural, uh, that was, um, you know, he's uh, got this kind of this mystique. Uh, he does have a mystique about him. He, he came he came, he, he came to Cincinnati with a mystique, you know, and uh, it's just, you know, leave it to him to come back from appendicitis and uh, this thunder and lightning, you know. I mean, he's just. No matter uh, what he does, he always seems to bring uh, something a little bit special. So it's uh, it's fun to watch. It's fun to be around. I don't know what you call it. You know, what did you call, you know, what was John F. Kennedy in 1960? What was, uh, 
you know, what what was uh, what what was Robert Redford in the in the 70s? What was you know I'm dating myself here, but you know, uh, what was Barack Obama in 08? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Handsome is a word you could use for all of those men. Yeah, well, I guess yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I wouldn't know about that. Um, I'm on with uh, this guy here. This uh, John. What's your character's name there? Uh, yeah, uh, Bridget is her name. Oh, sorry, what no, was it? No, no, the guy. No, you see now. You're that. You're much no. better looking than I am with just well, with, with, with with that thing there. Well, so, I, do I don't know have, anything about. Yeah. So I don't know anything about handsome or or charisma or whatever i just know it when i see it yeah and borrow is one of those you know borrow is one of those people well i guess here's the thing oh so i think bridget has a question i see yeah i well i was just wondering and so what's been interesting you know we were talking about returns at the start of the show and i assume now press and media are all back you're it just from the press conferences it looks like everybody in the media room is back I think there's less Zoom. There's certainly less tech difficulties on our end as viewers. But now getting to be back in the the press room, kind of regular or back to normal, like what is it like being with Burrow and how how is he a little bit different than what QBs have brought to the Bengals in the past, especially the more recent past, which I know a lot of Bengals fans are really feeling. And, you know, we're coming out of that with this series of wins last year. Well, the biggest thing he's got is a Super Bowl under his belt, which is which is huge. And I, you know, that's clear. That's clear with his, uh, you know, with the command he has in the locker room with the, the command of the coaches and the players, you know, it's his, uh, you know, that was kind of one of the things yesterday was everybody thought he was just going to uh, not not even go in seven on seven, that he would just do individuals and he would go through this thing gradually. But he wanted he wanted to do seven on seven. And if he felt like he could do seven on seven, then it didn't matter what anybody else thought. You know, he, he wanted to do it and and he did it and he did it well. And so I think, uh, you know, um, I, I, I think being around Burrow, and we still he, here's the thing: we really haven't been around him because he had the appendicitis. Okay, so he hasn't he hasn't talked to the press yet. I think he's going to do that Wednesday. We've just seen him on the field twice. You know, we see him maybe walking through the locker room. So it's not like we've really you know uh, you know we talked to him a couple times uh, during OTAs during the spring, but you know I mean you know it, it, you know the guys a uh, I think. He's a uh, he's a, he's 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 very confident in himself. He gives direct answers. He's not afraid of giving you an offbeat answer. Um, you know, so uh, I think he he is what you see. He's a con- he's a winner. He's a confident guy, and uh, you know, I think that uh, that's the way he came in, and that's and that's the way he's been. So we just, all know yeah. him. Sorry, Daddy. One more question. We all know him as like. Joey, like Joey Burr, Joey Cool, he doesn't get his feathers too ruffled. Is right. there anything you can ask him, like a specific topic or line of questioning that gets his feathers ruffled? Or is like, hey, stay away from that. Joe, Joe's, Joe will get his hackles up. I'm sure if you probably ask him about any of maybe a game he lost or a bad throw or he's such a competitor, I think, uh, you know, the times oh. I've seen him maybe block Bach a little bit has been about maybe you know maybe some bad memories you know he's a competitor um and uh so 
but but I haven't, you know, he's always been, like you say, he's always been under control and everything, but, you know, I think probably, you know, he would bite back a little bit if you brought up a bad game or a bad throw. Well, I'll tell you, on this show, we've, I don't believe he's had a bad game or a bad throw, <laughs> and I have explanations for every one of those incidents that other people are you know, like, no, seriously, they talked about the Super Bowl and people said Matthew Stafford outperformed them. I was like, what games did no, I didn't watch know. the same game? And I, was I like, agree with you. I agree with you there. He, I was he like, did not outperform. Yep. yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow made a few really big throws. And considering the defensive line, that was the biggest, uh, let's say, that was the worst matchup. That was the, the most lopsided matchup in the Super Bowl I can remember in terms of you know, one position group versus, versus another. That D-line versus that offensive line. I mean, and, I agree. With, I mean, I mean, Matthew yeah. Stafford did not beat the Bengals. No. I, no. I, I, I agree with you there. And, and, and I think that Burrow, he didn't, he wasn't in a groove the way he was against the Chiefs. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, heroic the way he was making those runs. He wasn't that, but that wasn't there for him. You know, I, but I still feel like he had a very good game. You know, and I feel like he, he, he was, you know, he had this right there. So anyways, uh, I, my point is I would really like to get him on the show. And so I'm wondering if he's seen this show because we would never, ever say anything negative about his past performances. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, uh, I'm not sure. You know, like I say, that's part of the mystique of Burrow. I'm not sure, yeah. uh, not exactly sure what he watches or, well, you know, so, I mean, it's, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Well, Bridget will find him eventually. She's, I know. I know that Carson liked the. Uh, like I know Carson lo liked uh, Lost. He was a big. Uh, remember when Lost was out? Uh, yeah. Carson was a big. Carson was uh, was a big. He he watched all those, and I know. And I think Joe watched uh, 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 the Queen's Gambit. I think. Oh, he likes Jaws. Yeah. Yeah, you just need like a SpongeBob yeah. costume. Yeah, I think that yeah. might do it. Yeah, he likes but, Nickel, you know. Yeah, he likes that's his guy, SpongeBob, and okay. uh, you know. So uh, I think if you had, I think if you had, if you could, you put on like a SpongeBob head or something. I would do whatever it takes, sir. I would, yeah, yeah, I would do whatever. I think it he takes, would definitely, yeah. he would definitely come on. I think if it was, uh, you know, if you came Courtney, on with SpongeBob, I don't know SpongeBob if you can do that. Week, I don't know yeah. if you can do that copyright wise. Can you? I don't know. I, we'll figure it out. We have the yeah. Courtney's legal team will figure it out. But I, I just wanted the, the headline here. I just wanted real quick talking about Zippity Rara. He, he, you said you talked about the zip on his passes. And Courtney, can you play the clip of the famous clip of Joe Burrow, you know, his first day back? And like you said, they said, hey, don't throw the ball. You're missing your uh, appendix and your this and that. And you don't have your organs. And, and so then he throws this pass. Look at this. Look at that. Accuracy. Look at that velocity. Look at that placement. And, and, and what I like about it, if, can we look at the beginning again? If you look the way, look at, look at how he fools them with his eyes. It's very subtle, right? He, I think he starts left and he goes right with his eyes and then he goes back left. And, and this is his midseason form in my eyes, you know. Yeah, I think he even had a better throw than that. I think his last throw was even better than that. It was the same kind of throw. It was the same kind of throw uh, right in the dead zone of a cover two. And, uh, um. You know, I think, uh, uh, you know, he, I, I, I don't think he thought his passes had zip on him, but I, I thought they did. I thought he, I thought they was, uh, he was singing it pretty, pretty good, but, you know, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just an amateur, but I, I thought that, uh, I also thought that, you know, like you did there, that it, it, it's, it's pretty accurate there for a guy who hadn't thrown in two weeks and I just had a, 
organ ripped out of his body. Yeah, well, that's that's what they say. I mean, we had a whole discussion on the show about what the appendix is. Obviously, yeah. I, I was under the understanding, and Jeff knows best, but that it is that cheat sheet that you have on your wrist with all the plays. And obviously, in his third year, he no longer needs that, so he ripped it out. But they say it is much more painful than that. But I always thought it was at the end of. I thought that's it was what I'm saying. The end of a book. Yeah. I always thought See? it was at the end of a book. Or, exactly. But but yeah. you know, it's always you know, it's always minor surgery when it's not yours. Right. Yeah. If it's not your yeah. surgery, it's always minor. So. But, but here's the thing. So Joe Burrow, or as a lot of people are calling him Job Burrow, because this man seems to have to go through some tragedy every <laughs> single year as Bengals quarterback, and he keeps overcoming it. He keeps passing the test. I can't remember every single offseason. This man first it was they threw a pandemic at him, right? Or right, you know, right. through this virus, trying to stop Joe Burrow from <laughs> from yeah from winning a Super Bowl with the Bengals. And then, you know, they, they had that, uh, that was it, that knee injury was the Tory. How many, do you remember, Jeff, it was eight ligaments, nine ligaments in his knee on one hit? I and, yeah. and then now, I don't know if, I was wondering if this is like Andrew Luck. Remember, he lost one of his lungs because he got hit so hard. I'm wondering if this appendix thing is from all the hits he took or it's just random. If it's just random, but the man has gone through a lot. And I can't remember someone who has has gone through so much and been so patient and so you know so so let's say calm in the face of so much adversity he just like you said he, he's like hey put me back and they're like you know joe you know you you need all your body parts first and he's like no put all me right. back yeah yeah well see what did oscar goldman tell uh steve austin we can rebuild him that's another i'm dating myself too much that's a six million dollar man from the 70s no i love these references yeah, yeah. sorry but that, yeah but he uh Steve Austin blew himself up, but they put him back together. He was the bionic man. So maybe Joe's got a little bit of bionics in him. I, well, I, I'm, it, going to, it, I'm going to write this down. Yeah, this is great. This is good stuff. Yeah. Daddy, it seems like, though, our next topic is pretty relevant. Like, yes. how do we protect this There guy? we go. Yeah. So, so left guard, right? We have this big issue at yeah. left guard. And Jackson Carmen, they said he looked better this offseason. First preseason game, he had a bad game. Now we know he's a struggling with an injury. I don't know if he had a bad game. He had he he had a bad couple of plays. Yeah, okay. I mean he, yeah, I mean he had thirty three snaps. Yeah, some of them some of them weren't very good, but I don't I don't think it's time to put Jackson Common into the dustbin yet. No. Um, they made Volson Volson was with the ones today, but you know we'll see what when we'll we'll see what Wednesday brings. I think it's kind of a uh, um, I think it's going to take you know the rest of the camp to figure it out. And uh, I just wouldn't, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be tough to, um, like I say, it's tough to uh, sentence Carmen uh, to uh, the dustbin. I think, that, uh, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, 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 he didn't, you know, I think Volson, uh, you know, Volson was was pretty was pretty steady, you know, but it was his first game. He has some things to improve on too. So I think this thing plays out. I, I talked to Zach Taylor coming off the field, and he said, you know. People shouldn't make more of this than it is. So, I I appreciate the uh, what it means with Volson getting the nod with the ones, but I just think it's a that's what it is today, you know. And well, I don't know what it's going to be Wednesday. Well, I mean, the Zach Taylor era has been a little bit different. It's been a little bit bolder in terms of the the risk taking and the players that they pick up and move around, right? I mean, we had a lot of veterans who they were like, hey. Maybe maybe we can find guys that fit better, and and there were risks, you know. I mean, you know, you look at Carl Lawson and uh, Trey Hendrickson. A lot of these 
players that we moved around, or, or you know, what was the uh, the corner that went to Washington, right? And we got um, Chidobe. Yeah, got two for the price of one. Two for the price of one. And so I guess when he says they're making more, I mean, obviously you don't want to destroy Carmen's confidence after all he's been through. But if Volson, if he does show you something, you know, Right. I mean, how open is the competition? Is my question. Yeah, no, I is think. There, yeah, I think. Yeah. I think it's a competition. I think it's a yeah. competition. I don't think, but I don't think Volson has won it, or is even well, ahead. Is is it a fair competition? Is it going to be merit based, or is it going to be what I call draftism, where it's like, hey, look, Carmen's drafted second round, until he loses it, it's his his job. Well, they got the, they got a kid in the fourth round, which isn't far off, and uh, you know, I thought they split the snaps pretty evenly, you yeah. know. Uh, and I think that's, you know, uh, if they continue with this lineup and they have Volson start, play the first half of New York and then switch it, you know, it's kind of the same. They'll be, you know, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't, I don't see any favoritism. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't see any favoritism with this thing right now. I, I, I think, I see kind of the opposite. I think, I think Carmen's, uh, you know, I think people are crushing Carmen because he was a second round pick and they want to be Max Montoya. And, uh, you know, the uh, like I said, I think he had a couple bad plays the other night. I, but he's practiced but, better than yeah. he played, so they've got that on tape. Now I just don't think people give the bet. I, I just don't think they give him a break. I mean, he well, uh, he came he, in, he came in last year. He switched positions, he switched sides, and he was coming off back surgery. Okay, he had a tough he had a tough run there, and uh, you know I thought he played pretty good in the AFC Championship game in the thirty plays that he played. So, yeah. let's, uh, you know, like I say, he's got to play better, but I'm not ready to take him to the guillotine. I just, I just want to say real quick, Jeff, it's also about optics with Jackson Carmen. Not only the history and all that, but also just his, his kind of his position, right? He's kind of upright when he blocks. And, and you know, we have a lot of people on Twitter who, who make a lot of O-line observations. Like, he just doesn't seem to have the right form. And so that is, it's, it, for a lot of people, it's like, he might have the body for it, but you know, is is, is he going to learn how to use use his body correctly? And, and it's it's something that's a little bit more tangible for people, I think. His his let's say his struggles. Jeff, what's well, your take? I know we're talking about left guard, but Bengals Twitter always has a lot of opinions about just everything. And I know O line depth. So the preseason game on Friday was an opportunity to get a look at some of these guys who are playing in the two and three and maybe in four spots. And I mean, we had great wide receiver depth. Pryor was looking awesome, but there were there were some questions about O-line depth. What was your take? And what are some of the things you, you think the Bengals need to be looking out for, need to be looking at in terms of the O-line this season? Yeah, well, the backup tackles have to play better than they did the other night. You know, Adanaji and, and, and Prince just have to play better, flat out. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, Dante Smith, I'm anxious to see him play. He hasn't played yet. Um, I think, he, you know, he's a tackle. Um, I think he's a guy that they have high hopes for. Um, you know, um, John talked about uh, Carmen's... Uh, you know, Carmen's athleticism and his upside, and that's exactly what Dante Smith is. You know, he's he's trying to get the perfect build for an NFL tackle. So their tackles have to play better. I think they like what they saw from uh, Trey Hill. I think they liked, you know, the center backing up Karras, Teddy Karras. He played the first half. Um, 
he's going to have to play some guard. You know, he's going to have to play both. But I think they like the way that he's progressing. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the big, I think the, the big thing besides, you know, getting, getting a, you know, the, to me, the, the big backup question is finding a swing tackle, finding a competent swing tackle behind Collins and, um, behind Collins and Jonah Williams. They got to find a third tackle and a reliable third tackle and, you know, hasn't surfaced yet. Um, and I think, um, other than that, you know, I think uh, uh, Hill's got to show up as spotted at center. And, um, you know, I think obviously they got the loser of the Volson Harmon deal is going to be a, it's going to be a backup. And I think that's, I think that's a pretty, you know, I think that's a, you got a pretty good option there off the bench. Well, either me, way. Yeah. Let me ask you about that. So a lot of people are saying they want Quinton Spain back. Is there yeah. a chance to bring in a veteran or are they just going to, is it going to be between these two guys? I mean, I think, you know, I think they like the age of the, I think they like the youth of the group. Okay. You know, you never say never. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think the whole thing was trying to get better, right? That was the whole thing about the off season, trying to yeah. get better. And I don't think, I think it's, I think the mistake is going to be to rush to judgment off of game one. That's, right. you know, I mean, I think that's something, you know, I don't, I don't think it can have game one. And then you're going back and ripping up the depth chart. You got to be, you got you got to be patient. What about what about the guy they're familiar with, with, like Trey Hopkins coming back as a guard? Like I say, I I, I think it's a little soon to okay. okay. To blow it up. You know, I think it's a little bit yeah. soon to to. Uh, That's what I tell them. You know, yeah. I mean, I, Just, I yeah. you know, Stay calm. I mean, let's see what happens after the Giants game. You okay. know what I mean? I mean, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, and maybe you're right. Maybe they are talking about guys like this because they lost uh, a rookie uh, guard who was probably going to be on the practice squad. Ben Brown is gone for the year. You know, he, he was kind of tracking for the practice squad. So um, I, I, I just think we got to let it play out. It's August 15th. They got about, they got about 10 more practices. They got two games. So, you know, if they got to go get these guys, you know, if they think they have to go get these guys, I just, I just think we're not there yet. Okay. Well, we only have two. I think you said you have to leave in about two minutes. Is it, is it possible we can make it five minutes or no? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So we'll try to be quick. But so I want to talk about backup quarterback. Yeah. And uh, so Drew Plitz, he had a very impressive game. You know, I, and he had kind of that energy. He had kind of that dynamic kind of, uh, let's say, charisma even a little bit when he was on the field. And again, it's one game. It wasn't the best game for the, for the offense out there. But Browning, and of course, poor Brandon Hill, he got concussed, but Brandon we've seen Allen. Brandon. Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. A lot of people are chanting, let's go, Brandon. They were cheering him no, on, but, let's stop but that's that. not what they stop were saying. That. Okay. Nope. Yeah. But, not here. But I would say this. Brandon Allen was, you know, we, he knows the system. They know he knows the system. They know him. He is kind of the safety, kind of the, the safe bet for the for quarterback position. But let's just say, let's just say you want the upside. Is there a chance that they go with the Drew Blitz, or is there a chance, you know, as the second? I don't think. I don't, I don't think there's no. It's it's okay. it's Brandon Allen's a backup, and I think the other two guys are is far enough, you know, distance between him and you know between them and Allen that. Uh, they would not consider that. Although I, you know, Plitt, you know, maybe maybe Plitt could play his way onto the practice squad. Could Plitt, could Plitt maybe beat out 
Browning. I don't know. I don't. I don't. You know, Browning's been in the league four years. I don't know. They just picked up Plitt. You know, Plitt was on the street when Joe got yeah. his appendix out. So you know, that's uh, that's how those guys are viewed. So you know, a lot would have to happen. I think a lot would have to happen in the next couple of weeks if the uh, uh, the quarterback, the Bengals quarterback world as we know it, was was shuffled. You know, okay. that's uh, that's Allen as the backup and Browning as a practice squad guy, and and Plitt is maybe on a on an emergency phone list, maybe. You know, what about I don't what know. About the, what about the receiver? We've talked about you know, obviously Trent Taylor looks really good out yeah. there. But uh, what about Pryor? I mean, that man was... Yeah, Pryor's an interesting yeah. case. Pryor's got a lot, you know, the, it, it, it's a tough path for him. He can't, because he doesn't return. He doesn't return kicks. So. But he defended. He defended the punt return well, right? Yeah, like I said, yeah. he doesn't return kicks. You're not yeah. going to make a guy, you're not going to make a guy, you're not going to give a guy, a receiver guy, a job if he's, um, the way this current uh roster is structured you need a punt returner and then that's coming out of wide receiver so they've got the guys to do that they've got stanley morgan and they've got uh, uh Mike, michael thomas to do those those things we're talking about covering punts and stuff but yeah. but i think prior if prior has two more games like this then they got to seriously think about keeping seven receivers that they they want to keep six but this might but prior might be a situation where he's so good where he plays so good Maybe you have to rethink it and say, okay, uh, you know, maybe we go, you know, maybe we uh, go with seven receivers and go light somewhere else because this kid, you know, this kid's obviously the best player. But I think in order yeah. for that to happen, for the, you know, he's going to have to have, you know, he's going to have to do what he did against Arizona. He's going to have to do that two more times, and he may, and he may. Je- Jeff, I've got a question for you. I-, I know you can't have two Joe Burrows or two right. Joe Burrow caliber. QBs on a team. This Bengals team is different than Bengals teams we've seen, you know, in the the past three, four years. Do you think that should something awful happen and Brandon Allen has to step in and be QB one for a handful of games or close out the season? Do you think he's got what it takes to leverage the amazing offensive tools we now have on this team and to really lead? Or do you think the Bengals need to consider, you know, what a, what a different QB2 might need to look like on a team that's really, really competitive, not just in the AFC North, but in the entire NFL? I don't know how you can afford that. I don't know how you can afford that in this, in this, on this, with, with, uh, with, with, and that's, and that's the problem that I, and you raise a good point, Bridget, you know, and that's a problem that contending teams have with a really good quarterback. How much are you, you yeah. can't pay, you can't pay, you can't pay a backup, you know? Now, Brandon Allen is, is the coaches love Brandon Allen. And uh, you guys remember the game in Houston two years ago. Uh, you know, he had, he threw for 370 yards. He completed 78% of his passes. Now he's not going to do that every time out, but you know, They've got a good defense. They've got good people around them. If they can protect them, you know, he's not going to beat Joe Burrow. Would he, would he, could he win enough games to get to the playoffs? I, you know, who knows? I mean, I, you know, I mean, if he was good enough, he'd be playing somewhere, right? He wouldn't be a backup, but I think he's a, I think he's, his, I think he's a, he's a competent guy and for what they can afford at that 
spot, you know, it's it's probably about as good as they can do because he knows the system inside and out. And uh, I, I just it's 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 hard when you got a guy like Bar and, and you're going to have to, you know, it's just like people talking about well they should get a you know they should get a number four receiver you know well that's that's you can't you know they've got a number four receiver it's it's he's Mike Thomas if you want to go get another guy that's better than Mike Thomas you can't really I mean how you how are you going to pay all these receivers you know where the where the starting number is now 25 million so it's it's a tough uh, it's a tough it's it's a great question because you know you always have to think about the unthinkable but uh I mean I just can't you can't I you know I just don't think their salary cap allows them. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go the way of the, you know, the the the, the way of the veteran that yeah. that, that you that you trust in. I mean, the Daddy, main thing they're is they're gonna need some yeah. of that money you print in your basement. Right. I mean, the main thing is, Mr. Hobson, we're gonna let you go now. I promise. But the Thank main you. thing is, we all we all, as you know, want to see Mr. Jesse Bates back in yes. uniform, and we feel like it's close. And so if there's going to be any money spent, we hope it's on him. Because that man, he was, the, he was the, the heart of that defense that got us to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Well, he'll make $13 million this year, so whenever he yeah. comes in. So that's already spoken for. So Yeah. Well, Mr. Hobson, I'm sorry to keep you a little longer than we... Oh, thank you very much. That. Yeah, but it's just always so interesting to talk to you. And we have so much, you know, so much to catch up on. We hope that you will be willing to come back. Yes. Joe? Thank you. If it hasn't, if I haven't destroyed your show or your ratings, we'd be glad to come back. You yeah, bring like them up. Yes. He destroys yes, this them. Is, this is, yeah, these are the best conversations we've ever had on the show. But uh, everybody out there, I know you're young. I know you're looking for the TikToks and the quick, you know, little tweets and all the short stuff. It all starts from Mr. Hobson. Everybody's tweets, all the blogs, even at Cincy Jungle where I work, the information that we get is from Mr. Hobson's reporting, his articles. They're fantastic. Go read them. When you have a few minutes to actually concentrate, go read Mr. Hobson's articles, and uh, and you will you will learn a lot, and you will learn a lot about writing as well and journalism. So, I John, thank you, John. Time. Thank you very much, John. Kind words, but tell him to throw in a book or two now. You know, throw, you know, I I'm reading a great yeah. book now. I went back and got a book that I got in 1968 when I was about nine years old. Go up, go up for glory by Bill Russell. Oh, the late, that's a good the late great Bill Russell will yeah. pass on July 30th. Go up for glory. You got to read it. Definitely. We will definitely read that. And uh, we, we love having people like Mr. Hobson. We, we, yeah, we, we really value these, uh, these people. Of course, not, not because they are seniors, but because yeah. he's the supreme, the supreme, most powerful writer in Cincinnati. So thank you, that's Mr. So Hobson. And uh, we will, yeah. Thank you very much uh, for your for kind words. Thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, sounds good. Enjoy the season. Thank Good you. Good day. Good day. Wow. Love that guy. What a charming, articulate, intelligent guy. Oh, Such a it's nice... like the opposite yeah. of all the things you are. I love You know, that. we didn't have to go in that direction, Bridget. And you know, we are going to do the Dad You Care segment, where you get to pretend, you get to do your moral you know, uh, grand standing, your kind of, uh, yeah. It is funny your that it's called Daddy-O Cares, but because I, I do. do it. Because I do. But I, I do it. I don't even charge you for the free advertising you do during Daddy-O Cares. Well, we're not That's even advertising anything. To, today we're going to celebrate 
the players who um, unfortunately were let go after the first game and there there were some particularly talented folks so uh, the Bengals opted to waive three players after the game on Friday uh, cornerback Abu Dharami Suare I tried practicing that a bunch and still muffed it uh, just like Puka Williams, the wide receiver who muffed that uh, punt in the fourth quarter, the Bengals opted to waive him, and I think that's completely expected. And then running back, Shamari Jones. Um, and we were actually hoping to get Abu on the show. If folks haven't checked it out, Jeff Hobson actually did an amazing write-up on Abu's story. Uh, he was a delivery, LaRosa's delivery guy. He was delivering pizza during the Super Bowl, and all he really wanted to do was play in the NFL. He played in Germany. I mean, his family has this incredible history um, and really tragic history in Sierra Leone. And he is just a story of persistence and success. Um, and he actually had a really solid performance on Friday night, maybe the second best defensive performance study. You may be able uh, to correct that. So we are sending all three of them well wishes um, and hopeful that they'll land somewhere, whether it's on our practice squad or with another team, um, but Abu really grabbed at, his story grabbed at my heartstrings, um, and we'll make sure to tweet out a link to Jeff's story on him, because he is just, um, his story is all about persistence, all about living your dreams, and I know he wanted to live them with the Cincinnati Bengals, so hopefully we will see Abu back on our roster in an upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, he wanted to live his dream of being on the one Bengals podcast, and we were in communication, and uh, it just it just didn't work out. But no, I mean, this man, if I'm not mistaken, his family had to flee, and, and his, his, I think, eight-year-old brother was uh, was a stuck left behind for uh, many years i think until they were reunited and it's a very very you know he overcame all that and he, like you said he had the second best game according to pff of all defenders but it was a long shot he did his best and uh, oh wow look at that i love it that's my favorite moment of any show ever that is strange that i was speaking it's not supposed to work like that but but anyways yeah, so that is, uh, you know, that is what you said. What did you say about the, uh, you talked about money at one point. I'm trying to remember what it was. I'm trying to transition to Patreon because we do have a new Patreon. I was talking about you printing counterfeit money in your right. basement. Right. Well, mm -hmm. that's, that is kind of, oh, no. You were asking me if he was indeed the second best defender. And what I was going to say is, I'm sorry, we can't afford the fact checker. But... You know, we're getting closer to affording a fact checker because we have a new patron. And uh, let me just tell you real quick, his name is, here we go, Lorenzo Soros. Lorenzo Soros is our new patron, $5 club. This man is a hero. He's a national treasure. He's going to make our dreams come true. And we are going to try to bring the fact checker on in a limited capacity starting what was it Bridget next month I think I, we're gonna start in September 
We don't have a fact checker. We don't have. We have no idea when she's going to come because we don't have a fact checker. But we will get all those stuff straightened out very soon. Look, if you're watching the show, just know that you're doing it for free, which is okay. It is okay. Would you would you ride a car for free? No. Would you eat a sandwich for free? No. But would you watch our stream for free? Apparently you would. But you can support us on patreon.com slash dhsports. You can go to winnow.app slash dhsports and you can hear John's uh, soothing and seductive uh, voice messages. And uh, yeah, you can also make sure to subscribe and leave comments. We love the comments. We read all the comments and we will share the comments. I saw a comment last week wanted to have Courtney share. It said something the something about the overly annoying daddio. Mm, and I, was I going love to say, this comment. Well, I was going to say I don't think that's fair to my team. They're not overly annoying me. They maybe interrupt me a lot, but they're I think they're they're just the right amount of annoying. But it said, yeah, overly annoying daddio is getting on a guy's nerves. And uh, that's yeah, my favorite kind of, li listener and yeah. viewer. But he's criticizing, you. he's criticizing you. He's criticizing you for. Oh no, no, they were annoying Daddy too much. You. Overly annoying Daddy. Yeah, that's what what you're saying. But yeah, so leave comments, leave the thumbs up, subscribe, turn on the notifications, and follow Bridget on Twitter. She is on fire. She is sharing all the stories. She's all around the city, Cincinnati. She's meeting the players. She's running into them on the street. She is getting Super Bowl rings. She's I don't know legally not legally if she's taking them but she there she has the Bengal Super Bowl ring and uh, yeah Hoji and John should be back very soon and we'll see, uh, we'll see. that's all we have this time so long SVT bye thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.